All right. Hey, everybody. It's Morgan with the Witch's Cauldron. Thanks for joining us again. Today, I have Eric Werner on. He is an author. He is the creator of DeadCon. He has a publishing company. There is nothing this man can't do. So, hi, Eric. Hi there. I'm so glad to be talking to you today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, not a problem at all. It's always a pleasure. Um, First of all, congratulations on your new job, I wanted to say. Um, How are you liking it? Uh, uh, I really like it. I mean, it's the first time I've had a job in ages, especially, you know, where I just walk in and enjoy what I'm doing right. know, to help people at, in the gun department. And, you know, it's a side passion of mine with other right. uh, jobs that I've had in the past. And, you know, I build my own, so it's kind of neat to uh, be able to walk people through the aisles or pull something off the shelf and say, you know, this is better for this sort of thing, or, you know, ask them what it is they're trying to do, you know, and help them find their needs. Yeah, you building your own, definitely, building your own firearms, definitely, um, makes for a an amazing salesperson, definitely. Um, I, I definitely have my own biases on certain things. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask if you could, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Not many people know you. Um, you are the owner and um, publisher of Dark Moon Press, you have DeadCon, you are an author, you are just all around amazing and do 8 million things. So <laughs> give me, get kind of give me a list of what you got going on. Um, well, you know, trying to juggle all the different passion projects I have. I, uh, I originally started out just doing one book 15 years ago, and that led into writing more. And when I started enjoying you know, putting books out, I had other people come to me and said, hey, will you help me with mine? And that sort of evolved into uh, a publishing company. And then, you know, we started out doing uh, occultism-type books and classic horror books that are reprints, like Frankenstein, Dracula, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and then it sort of grew into other uh, spin-off genres, like uh, classic horror led us into publishing uh, other people's fiction uh, horror books, and then we decided to give it a shot and branch into sci-fi. And we've got a couple writers in that genre. Awesome. And then the occult, the occult books branched into uh, herbalism and, and self-healing yes. through food and, and nutrition. And that led me into writing uh, self-help books and publishing, uh, you know, uh, about self-improvement and finance and. Uh, things that I've used in my own personal life to get out of debt into, you know, a better station of life. Right. And and so in 15 years, you know, Dark Moon Press has grown to 50 authors and over 300 titles. So oh, wow. And I'm kind of proud of that. Yeah, you should be. That's amazing. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and, you know, one thing kind of led into another. I got involved in uh, paranormal stuff and traveling and starting to do my own television show that, it kind of hit a snag for a little while, you know, creative differences with other uh, cast members and uh, producers and trying to get it on Travel Channel. So we've decided to wait until after next year when I have a little more money and uh, launch it into a, a full-time you know, YouTube uh, channel that might get picked up once we have more followers on Spooky Places to Vacation at, Eat at, Shop at. 
Oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. <laughs> well, we definitely have like 500 locations uh, in a database that we've been researching, uh, me and my co-author uh, and co-producer, Kevin Eads. Wow. Okay, so um, I had mentioned a couple of times, I mentioned DeadCon. Can you kind of explain what DeadCon is? It is uh, the newest Midwest uh, large horror and paranormal fan convention, uh, similar to Scarefest and Horrorhound and Days of the Dead in Chicago, um, where uh, for three days people come and meet celebrities. They can sit in the audience and uh, have uh, you know panel discussions uh, with stars from like Ghostbusters, The Walking Dead. Uh, uh, kind of a smorgasbord of other horror people. Yeah. There'll be guest lecture, lectures such as uh, Victoria Price, Vincent Price's daughter, uh, okay. doing a, a, a talk with uh, Sarah Karloff, uh, Boris Karloff's daughter. Awesome. You know, and uh, yeah, it, it just sort of grew over years because as I went and traveled to all these different horror conventions as a publisher and uh, a researcher on uh, topics like uh, zombies and, and vampires from an academic perspective of where did these uh, you know creatures come from in folklore and history and pop culture right. and in, in doing so and having tables at these events and giving talks of my own uh, I became friends with some of the stars and a lot of vendors over the years and I sort of you know I, I gathered up all their business cards and when I started talking to somebody in my city council um who's in charge of the zombie walk here in Fort Wayne that stops at the Grand Wing Center where we're holding the event now. I was talking to him, and I said, Mr. Zolman, you know, why isn't there a horror con here in Fort Wayne? We have the Grand Wing Center. It's made for big conventions. And he pauses, and he looks at me, and he says, well, Eric, uh, we know what you do. I, uh, I've heard of you. And he's like, why don't you do it yourself? So I kind of put wow. all my resources together. And, yeah, and, and now we're working with the city and a lot of STARS agents, and it just sort of... Uh, over five years of planning, of course, uh, uh, COVID unfortunately stopped us from doing it this year. Right. But uh, you know, we we uh, didn't say we can't. We postponed it until October fifteenth through the seventeenth of next year. Okay. Uh, which I, I guess you could say it was a blessing in disguise. It's given us more time to advertise and get a few more major celebrities lined up. Definitely, that just sounds like so much fun. And that's in Indiana, correct? Correct. It's in Fort Wayne. It's the second largest city in, in Indiana. Wow. Uh, we're two and a half hours north of Indianapolis and about same distance south from like Detroit. Okay. So um, do you have like a, a website that someone could go to? Yes, uh, deadconvention.com. Well, we, we affectionately just call it DeadCon for people, uh, just shorten it up a little bit. And that's right. On the, the page of the website, just because writing out convention just takes too much time. Absolutely, all our, it's our, a big our word. advertising and pamphlets. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it, it's uh, you know, we have a little zombie that's our, our mascot uh, on it, and we've actually hired a, a gentleman uh, who's done small commercials uh, and things like that uh, called Dead Fred, and uh, Fred is our living uh, zombie mascot that wanders through the convention and nice you know uh, yeah we, we, we've got some pretty hefty stars uh ernie hudson from ghostbusters and the crow uh ari layman and kane hotter who are both uh 
Jason from yeah. uh, the, uh, the franchise. Friday the 13th and, movies. Yeah. 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 You know, so uh, we ended up getting uh, Elaine Dietz. Uh, she was the demon from The Exorcist. Okay. Yeah, wow. so we, we've got a, we've got almost a hundred stars and two hundred vendors. We've got famous vehicles like Baby from Supernatural, Ecto One from Ghostbusters, and a oh bunch of other. Oh my god, you know, that sounds yeah, so yeah, amazing! <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. a huge Supernatural fan. All of a sudden, I've been really getting into the show. I I didn't watch it when it when it was out. Um, I waited till everything uh-huh. came out on Netflix. So like now I'm binging, yeah. and that's been my life for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we've got one of the people from the show, uh, the the demon hunter Rufus. Uh, yes, is coming. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Gosh, that sounds so amazing. So, can people? Um, you said it was deadconvention.com? Yes. And they can buy tickets uh, there. Yeah. Yes, there is a page. I think it's just deadconvention.com backslash tickets. Okay. Um. Yeah, we are listing some of the classes that people can attend. There's workshops where, um, if you're familiar with the show Face Off on Sci-Fi, we've got one of the guys who won uh, oh. giving a, a demo lecture. Uh, he's the one who was, uh, he did the Tim Burton bellhop uh, oh. as, as one of his wins. Wow, that's so cool. You've got so many interesting people coming. <laughs> well, some of them I just met at other events, and I walked up to them, I handed them, you know, my contact information, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to put this thing on in my hometown, would you like to be a guest? And, you know, especially vendors, they're always looking for more really cool places to come to to broaden their uh, their own fan base and buyers. And right. stuff. So that was the easy part. But having the courage to walk up to Ernie Hudson and just sit there and get his autograph and chat with him, you know, he knew that I was an, a fellow presenter, but, you know, I was a nobody to him. But, right. You know, then I met, you know, then I meet him at another event. He's like, hey, dude, how's it going? I'm like, you still recovering to Fort Wayne? He's like, yeah, have you talked to my agent? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I want to take a minute and um, talk about Dark Moon Press, because, I mean, we did. Sure. We did talk about that. Um I love books. I've bought millions of your books. I absolutely adore your writing. Um, <laughs> I you. I know that you're not, you don't just publish yourself. You said you had, you know, 50 yeah. plus authors and you kind of went over the genres of everything. Now, I kind of just want to know what does a publisher do exactly for those of us morons out there that just like to read the books and we like the end result? Um, well, it, it's it's everything from the initial concept of the author approaching me and saying, this is my idea, this is where I want to go with it, uh, all the way up to people that already have a fully finished manuscript in a Word document, and some of them even have uh, a, a photo or a graphic, or they've even done their own front cover, and I'm one of the few publishers out there um, that is willing to look at, at an author's uh, cover submission for the front and give it thumbs up or not because as an author myself who's been published through other companies too mm-hmm. and I've talked to other authors from like Llewellyn and Tor and you know other uh, powerhouses and, and the thing is that they're sometimes dissatisfied with and they have no say at all uh, they're like well we hate our book cover you know oh. and I'm like well but you know what as an author myself and, and I design covers for me and other people uh, it's like 
author knows what they're trying to say. And right. the cover is a window into the author's heart on what they're trying to speak to their readers. Yeah. And as long as it doesn't look immature, uh, you know, I'm willing to work with people or even just take the image that they have and say, well, let's change the font and, you know, make it a different color to, you know, where it has to be from a, a publisher, uh, an Amazon sort of uh, uh, industry standard, I guess you could say. Like, the text has to be a quarter inch away from all edges. And, yeah. You know, where the, the, the bleed and the trim of the paper going through the cutter, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, so as, as a publisher, I have to be mindful of the justification of the text on both sides of the page. Uh, where the barcode goes, where the price and the, the genre on the back cover. If you ever flip over the back of a book and it says uh, nonfiction, uh, metaphysics, uh, you know, spirituality, whatever on, on the back. Right. You know, there's certain there's certain patterns that you have to use, um, and that's for not only Amazon but for bookstores and libraries use what's called the Basiac code. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> is, so, that's awesome. It, it, it's a very involved process, and, and, you know, there's editing as far as grammar, and then there's editing as far as content, where something, you know, you have to, like, crack check once in a while. Certain things really jump out at you as you need it. Um, you know, I try not to be a heavy-handed person that says, here's the mighty red pen. I'm going to strike everything you said right here. You know, I like right. people to have their own thoughts and opinions. Yeah, know? that's... Just because I publish it doesn't mean I necessarily agree with every every single thing <laughs> right. that somebody writes. But you know, um, if I have a, a slightly squeamish moment about a certain book, I'll talk to the author, and if they really insist on having it, then I'll put a disclaimer in the book in the the ISBN page and the title page saying, you know, uh, content here expressed is not necessarily endorsed by the you know publisher. Right. Um, but. You know, I, I let people be as creative and free as, as humanly possible. If it's something I truly uh, object to, then it's not going to be published by me anyway. Okay. You know, and you know, I try to be as flexible as I can, but, you know, certain taboo subjects that nobody wants to publish, I will, of course, turn down to. You know? Right, right. Now, <clears throat> um, you mentioned a couple of the types of books that you've published. Um, my question is, you yourself as an author, how in the world do you find your research for these books? Because <laughs> I type in some things on here that I might be researching for my podcast. And I'm just like, yeah. there's so much garbage out here. How do you go through it all? Um, surprisingly, most of the stuff that I personally write about uh, I pick big topics. I, I never tackle anything small. It's like the world history of vampires. It dates back, you know, a thousand years. Or, you know, what, how did the devil come to be? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, something like that. Or, you know, self-help of your entire life. I, I, I don't go small. So, you know, I, I really try to stay away from Internet sources, if at all possible. Right. Unless I'm quoting uh, a more known publication, uh you know, or, or a definitely scholarly academic source uh, website. I, I, because of my age, I'm almost 50, so I grew up before the internet when there was only libraries. Yep, I, I so know that. Was, <laughs> so when I was, you know, so when I was in school, we had libraries. We were forced to go and do our own homework. And I've got a pretty decent library, several bookstores, a used bookstore that I love in my hometown. 
So my first show, too, is, is my own bookshelves to start right. pulling topics out and things that I've loved. I got into writing and publishing because I loved books. Yeah, They were my companions growing up because I was the nerdy little dark nothing geeky kid that got beat up because <laughs> I love comic books and, you know, things like that. So books were my friends. Yeah. And, you know, I think without that, I wouldn't be who and what I am today. So I'll have 20 to 50 books on a topic and skim through all of them, taking notes like a madman. It's kind of like, uh, you know, going to college, writing a thesis paper and hearing your fellow students grumble because they have to write 20, 30 pages. And I'm like, I put out uh, 40 books in 15 years and they range anywhere from 100 to 400 pages long. This is nothing. Right, exactly. It's so funny how different people are like that. You know, I I also love books. I I grab all of yours that I can. So um, where would people, what is a website that people would go to check out Dark Moon Press? Uh, It's actually darkmoonpress.com. And since we're in the middle of uh, restructuring and getting a different uh, web person, I mean, I love the website that we have now. It's a lot more improved than the older version. Uh It's a lot more contemporary in, in its in, in its style compared to the, the really old kind of flat version that we had. I'm trying to spice it up and make yeah. it look more impressive. I, I was uh, very impressed the that, last time I was I visited the site. Uh, yeah, I, I'm thrilled. And the person that we have taking it over now for uh, next March forward, <clears throat> they still have to put another 80 books uh, on the site that aren't up there yet. Uh, because it takes a while when you completely tear a website down and don't save anything. And, right. You know, because we wanted to start fresh. We wanted a, a nice, new, clean look, uh, a little more user-friendly. And in order to do that, we had to just delete everything. Right. So, you know, it took a couple months just to get the 200 books that are already there. And we have another 80 to 100 to put on. So, you know, the new web person you know, says that we done in time for our uh, March spring releases. So, you know, by then, everything will be up that everybody can buy. In the meantime, if you don't see it on the website and you knew there was a title you wanted, I strongly encourage, even after we're done, by all means, go to your favorite author's social media page and hit them up and buy copies of the books from them because they'll get more profit and you'll get a hand-signed, personalized book directly from them. Oh, yeah. I love signed books. <laughs> that's why so I just go straight to the of, source. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if I if I get books to people or even stores want to order from me, I always ask, "Hey, any of my copies or or Star Morgan on her herbalism books? Do you want them signed by us before we ship them to your store?" And most of the time, shop owners will be like, "Yeah, because I love you know putting them on a feature on a table or even just put them on the shelf when oh, the yeah. buyer comes." It's a buyer comes in the store and grabs one. They open it. They're like, "Oh my god, the author signed it!" Yeah, you know? it's a hot they selling they point. Don't realize it. Yeah, and and yeah. you know what? It's as nerdy as this sounds. Coming from a book lover, I love it when authors take the two seconds to just write your name in the book. It's so amazing. And when I get a personalized note, I love it when you sign my stuff. Because when I get a personalized <laughs> note from you, I'm just like, "Oh, he loves me." <laughs> it's so stupid but i fangirl every time it's it, ridiculous it's, uh, it, i don't think it's stupid i, I mean uh, i'm a book lover myself so if i go meet an author in an event you know i i looked at that and went 
how can I make things better for my fans? And that's why mm-hmm. I still do so many conventions. Uh, and, and, you know, before COVID, I mean, there was a year where I did uh, 12 podcast interviews and a dozen um, or maybe more. I think I had like 20 conventions and small events uh, that I had done uh, about two or three years ago. And, and I admit that I overdid it. And I put out like nine books that year and I was kind of burnt out. So I wow. took a year I took a year or two where I only did a couple appearances and only four or five books. Yeah. So for me, that's taking a break. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, you had said that you write books on the occult. So, which I'm assuming that includes left-handed path. Now, as you know, most people only associate, most witches only associate with the right-hand path. So maybe you can shed some light for us on the left-hand path. You know, everybody always thinks immediately left-hand path Satanism, the left-hand path Uh Satan, left-hand path. Oh my God, it's all evil. (laughs) I know that yeah. that is not how this works. Do me a favor and shed some light for, for everybody. You're, you're well more versed in this than I am. So if you could, um, I, I am, that's why I'm buying books from you is so I can learn. However, um, if you could just kind of go over the left-handed path thing and why it's necessary, not just, you know, there's the right hand and there's a left hand because you need balance. This is nature and nature, right, there's right. balance you have to know about the left-handed path. So if you could just kind of talk about the left-handed path that you have looked into, I'd really appreciate that. Sure. Um, well, like you said, uh, right and left, they go together. They're, they're a balance to each other. And I, of course, have nothing wrong with the, the right-hand path or, or the, the white witch, the green witch, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, of the, you know, the Buddhists, the, the people that are healers and want to give so much to other people. I'm a, I'm a giver, too. Um, but however, I've learned the hard way through my own life that if you put yourself first constantly and, and don't take time out for yourself and help and heal you, I mean, you, you, it's kind of like the analogy, the, the best way I can boil it down to people that might make the most sense is in an airplane, they always say, put on your own uh, oxygen mask first before you administer one to the person next to you, even if it's a child. Uh, because the idea is you can't really save other people if you're not able to save yourself. Yep. And for, and for me, the left-hand path is nothing more then, uh, especially where I'm coming from, uh, the original Church of Satan, uh, a la Anton LaVey from the 1970s. Okay. Uh, even uh, to, of today, you know, I'm a priest in that organization and a media rep. That's why I'm okay with speaking on, on the radio about it. Right. It is, it, it is the ultimate um, self-help, you know, Tony Robbins-ish sort of <laughs> make your life, make your life better. Right. In, a, in a very uh, harsh Nietzsche meets Ayn Rand sort of philosophy uh, of, of social Darwinism, uh, you know, make things better for you, for your family, improve your life, increase the stability uh, of your mental health, your physical health, your wealth. Because once you're solid and on a firm foundation, you can do for others if you have that desire. Uh, more practically and it won't drain you because so many people are giving the shirt off their back and get nothing in return and they're unhappy or they don't feel they are doing enough for people 
uh, that they want to continue to do because they haven't amassed enough wealth and connections in order to reach enough people. And that's why I point to Tony Robbins because he grew up poor, but now he his organization feeds like millions of people every year for Thanksgiving because that was a very uh, passionate part of his own life and his own childhood growing up right. when his father stepfather left, you know, and and it's like I really want to help lots and lots of people. Right. Uh, once dead, once dead kicks in, and I have more money, and, and you know, but I can't unless I'm worth a lot of money. Right. So you know, if I want to give lots to individuals and to charity organizations, then I have to build my own wealth foundation first in order to do that for other people. So to me, Satanism and the left hand path in general, whatever variation uh, you want to call it, whether it's uh, voodoo or you know, temple of whatever, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, or whatever path speaks to you, um, that talks about putting the self first, self-preservation, uh, that's what the left-hand path more is. For us specifically, um, I, I kind of liken it to the Church of Satan as the modern Adam's Day family, whereas we're all a little dark and spooky, but kind of kooky and not really harming anybody. <laughs> I love the analogy. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, we, we the gothic, uh, dark, spooky trappings and, you know, skulls, ravens, you know, whatever, you know, the Victorian gothic uh, is, is uh, very beloved by many of our members. And it's not just the stereotype of the death metal teenager going to sacrifice a cat out in the cemetery on Halloween. Right. You know, we laugh and scoff at, the, at that sort of thing, and we're against uh, pedophiles and animal abusers just like anybody else. Right. You know, it's even in, it's even in the satanic Bible of uh, do not harm children, do not harm animals unless it's for food. Uh, you know, it's right. right there in our book. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but in the movies, we're the bad guys. Every time. And you know, as much as I love Supernatural, they give they give witches a bad name too on that show. But that's just the Hollywood about everything. You know, they gotta they gotta make a bad guy somewhere. You know, little do they know it's actually your neighbor who's selling houses to every every person in on the block. You know, they're the ones that are touching the kids sometimes. So it's unfortunate, and the left-hand path really does get a bad rap. It really does. What are some myths that you have come across that just make you just go, wow, I, I, there's nothing that I can even say to that? <laughs> um, well, two things, and I'll try not to be mean about it because I know a lot of you know people out there are into this sort of thing, uh, and some of them are even my fans. Uh, but as a Church of Satan member, I have to clarify this. Uh, there's been a lot in the, the news and uh, web, uh, web interviews or articles about the Temple of, of Set, the Temple of Satan, uh-huh. uh, you know, anything, anything non-Church of Satan. Uh, inside joke, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's because we feel that they've just plagiarized what they've worked and twisted and changed. Well, looks like we have technical difficulties. So we're going to get right back to him about this, and I'll be back. All right, go ahead. Uh, just, just to clarify uh, what I started to say earlier, uh, 
differentiating the Church of Satan versus every other group that's out there of, of the other Satanists, I guess you could say, because uh, we get confused in the, in the media, uh, whether it's on the news or articles online or different groups, social media bashing, um, you know, the, the Temple of Satan, anything that isn't Church of Satan, you know, per se. Uh, we're, we're not against what they're trying to do as a movement, per se. Uh, we dislike the fact that they're plagiarizing Anton LaVey's work uh, because we feel that you're either Church of Satan or you're not. And if right. you're not and you're something else, then be unique, be original, and create a new organization, a new name, and don't take the principles of Satanism and call it your own. Right. That'd be like somebody creating the new Church of Christ that has, you know, 90% of it is not, you know, from yeah. that religion, but it's everything else you want to do. And, and to me, personally, I'm like, Satanism is about the self. It's not a social-type uh, thing. It's not a political-type thing. It's not go shove something in the face of church members or the government and right. say, well, we want our Baphomet. We want our Baphomet. If you're going to have the nativity scene outside of, you know, a church, and to them, that's their way of being overt and saying, equal if you're going to force Christianity uh, upon the public through government, because it's supposed to be separation of church and state. Right. Well, our attitude attitude is, you don't force Baphomet on the courthouse lawn to show the absurdity, because that's joining the very herd clique that you claim shouldn't be there. Yep. Uh, just to prove your point uh, that it shouldn't be there, you shouldn't be joining it. You should say, take it all down, and we don't want ours there either. Right. I agree with you and understand completely where you're coming from. That's truly separating church and state. Yes, it is. Putting it in front of them saying, hey, if you can do it, we can do it. Yes. Uh, We're not about, you know... Uh, putting Satanism in schools just because there's Bible study. No, pull both of that out. Yeah, it doesn't and have any, our, it has no place <clears throat> in the school systems at all. Yeah, to me, religion, philosophy, those are the personal things that an individual needs to come to on their own terms uh, if they want to believe in nothing at all. That's their right. That's their choice. It shouldn't be shoved upon them every time they turn around wherever they go. Yeah, I think that's excellent. I think that's you know, excellent. Discover it for yourself. I mean, I don't even like it when parents shove their religion down their throat. My family didn't, you know, try to get me uh, to be Protestant just because they were. Right. Uh, I went to multiple different churches as, as a child and got to experience everything from Catholicism to, you know, going to talk to Jews to, you know, later in life getting to meet uh, shamans from uh, different Native American cultures. Wow. I was encouraged to learn I was encouraged to learn everything about everything to make my own mind up. Oh, yeah, that's that's amazing. I think that is amazing. (laughs) And I'm a little upset because I wasn't given that option growing up. Yet, you know, you got to experience all of it, and I'm a little jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll never forget, and I've told this story before in other interviews, uh, my grandmother would probably not like what I'm doing right now, but she'd be happy for me that I'm happy. Um, But I remember as a kid, maybe eight, nine years old, we stopped going to church, and I asked my grandmother why. And she said, because I don't need some man at the pulpit to tell me what the Bible says. I can read for myself. 
Yes. And whether she re- whether she realized it or not, she instilled in me the question everything mentality that actually made me go away from the Christian church. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's that is that is the foundation of everything. Don't take someone else's word for it. Research it yourself. And right. I love and, and I, I love it. I, I think I needed the path that I'm on, and I don't even really think about it as a path or religion. I think of it as a philosophy that mirrors what I already think. Right. Okay. Uh, I I don't need my I don't need my religion to be a good person or to to do. Um, I think it's just something that attracted me because I liked what the the founder had to say about philosophy and life in general. Yeah. And I threw in my my time and energy behind them a little bit, and they of course. Um, advertise my written work uh, because it's a mutually symbiotic relationship, but we we would exist just fine without each other, and I live my life to the fullest, you know, regardless, and, you know, it doesn't preoccupy every aspect of my life, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I remember I have the ring somewhere. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. Do you guys um, do, does the Church of Satan, that's the correct term, correct? The Church of Satan? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, do they have it? Do they have it to where, like, the belief system you have your basic guidelines, um, your basic oaths, but then your path is your own? Like, that's that's how I understand witchcraft and and um, you know, being enlightened to be. Is that what the Church of Satan believes, or do they have some strict rules? Uh, we have some strict rules. I mean, the rules of the earth, the the satanic sins of basically don't be an idiot there's consequences for your actions yeah yep. um so self preservation is the ultimate law i mean if you read the half the satanic bible it's common sense don't do this or you'll be hurt because there's consequences you know uh-huh. uh, or you know or live raving about the stupidity of the masses you know um once you get beyond the rules of the earth and the satanic sins and, and things like that uh his little lists of one through whatever, of this is how you should behave. Uh-huh. Uh, the rest of it is just your own interpretation and using his examples, uh, and, and you're pretty much doing uh, the broad strokes of what I've already talked about of what the, the path represents. Okay. Um, you know, we only have a few major holidays, like your own birthday, because without that, you wouldn't be here to enjoy life. Yeah, um, makes sense. Halloween, Halloween, because like I said, we're the giant Adams family. You know? Right. Right. Anything else? If you wanna, if you wanna enjoy and celebrate the solstices and, and honor them because the seasons are important to the cycle of life, that's cool too. If you wanna throw in some others here and there, like um, Walpurgis Night is uh, like the, we jokingly call it the uh, bachelor bachelorette party uh, right before Beltane uh, for the pagans. Yes, uh, you know because it's like the Walpurgis Night is the the night before, I believe. Uh, yeah, you know, where it's all it's, it's the polar opposite of that calendar year of Halloween at the six month marker, and it's all about you know indulging uh, to the fullest and enjoying your life and celebrating. Yes, it is. So you know it, it's more about uh, we call ourselves the alien elite, and the, the better way to explain that to the, the layman, uh, at least the one who understands philosophy a bit, is Epicurus. Okay, uh, was the was the ancient philosopher who said. Uh, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die sort of mentality. Yeah, and, okay. And indulge without, 
indulge in life. And that's what Satanism is about, in celebrating one's life, not just being dark and morbid and, you know, all this other Hollywood crap. Right. So it's not necessarily doom, gloom, and goth makeup. It's just live your life no, and indulge yourself. Take care of yourself. And it's not to the extent of uh, Crowley and some of the others who were dark and left-hand path and, you know, were all about overly indulgent. I mean, Crowley himself, you know, had issues because he went way overboard. It's not, it's about indulging, not in overdoing it and being, you know, too gluttonous or, or uh, it's having the common sense knowledge of when to stop if something's going to damage you if you take it too far. Right. Happy medium. That's why, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why Satanists uh, aren't, uh, you know, drug addicts, alcoholics. You know, they, they, they imbibe some wine, they go for a ritual or for a good meal, uh, and then just, okay, I'm done. Wow. I mean, to, to be totally honest, in my opinion, Satanism, once you take away the spooky trappings, mm-hmm. it's, the boring, it's the boring religion of common sense and self-improvement. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, if they would have just, if, if they, I mean, really, honestly, if they looked at at people who went to the Church of Satan and just saw them out in everyday life, nine times out of ten, Chances are you probably already know somebody who is a part of Church of Satan or who who pays attention because it's just, it sounds so ordinary every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're in law enforcement, we're in the military, there's a few that are in politics. Uh, I know one that is actually an aide to a governor. Um, you know, a lot of them are doctors and lawyers yeah. and you know, stuff like that. You know, oh, yeah. There, there's, a huge, there's a huge amount of them that are artists and musicians and business owners because we're all about doing things that make us happy. Yep. Well, stop it. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's, almost, it's almost boring, isn't it? It's almost. Well, here I am thinking I was going to get some big old magic talking to, and I'm just like, no, no, Eric, Eric, you're boring. <laughs> no, I'm just Sorry. kidding. I'm just kidding. Actually, you are a very good interview. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm pretty much uh, out of questions. I definitely, definitely, I'm going to want to have you on again. So we'll chat about that. And then in the meantime, everybody, um, definitely check out Eric's websites for um, DeadCon and for the Black Dark Moon Press. Um, check everything out. I'll make sure that they're up on my Facebook page. And I am so excited. Thank you so much for talking to us today and giving, shedding some light on the left-hand path and just giving us another option to to look into well, thank you. no thank you i mean i i really appreciate it man you you're really uh helping us broaden our horizons and and getting the word out there so um to all of you at home thank you very much if you have any questions for the next time for eric just leave them for me you can email me at witchescauldron at yahoo.com or you can leave me a message on the facebook page but until then Your word is your bond. Have a great day.